Hello and welcome to Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast where we discuss canon, legends, and beyond. Tonight, it's more High Republic with the, I guess, audio play of Star Wars The Battle of Jeddah by George Mann. My name is Beth Van Dusen, and with me as always are Ryan Schweck and Chad J. Schonk. Over to you first, Chad. This is your reminder that this is a book club and not a review show. We are going to be spoiling this audio drama. In addition, over the course of our conversation, we may spoil a great many things, Star Wars, including obviously other High Republic things. So you have been warned. Ryan, what are they saying? Anything at all? There's actually been some interesting announcements and goings on. On the book side, we got the big announcement. We're getting a new E.K. Johnson book about Kira called Crimson Climb that's going to come out in October of this year. Appears to cover the time period between the prologue of Solo and Solo starting. That's what it seems like. Um, just judging kind of from the solicitation and the what she's wearing on the cover, which is... Been kind of funny to watch because a bunch of people got all excited thinking it was going to be after it and like, oh, we're finally going to find out about Darth Maul and all this. And it's like, nope, sorry, guys. Yeah, that's what I was kind of hoping. I think they're going to hold on to that a little bit. Well, we'll find out what happens in Hidden Empire. Yeah. Other book news. They released the synopsis for the, was it the quest for Planet X or the search for Planet X? Quest. And yeah. quest is a quest. Yeah. They're all quite, they're both quest. Yep. And then our next YA, the, uh, you know, one of the path books, <laughs> not path, the trail of deceit. What is the second one? I should have wrote it down. The first one's path of deceit. Second one's path of, um, it's a vengeance. Vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not to be confused with path of destruction. Right. See, I always got to think about it. Cause every time I want to see path of destruction, um, well, the good news is neither one of these will have to do with a forever war. Thank Woo! goodness. Um, both sound really good. Um, and we're going to kind of explore what else they're doing. Um, and then we also, unfortunately, ask out the cataclysm, which is going to be more about the forever war. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah, the five-year war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the five-year war. I yeah, I mean, we'll see when they come out. But like we said, you know, I don't know when this will come out, which it'll be attached to. But I'm it'll be of, attached to uh, Battle of Jeddah. Oh, good. You're going to hear soon about how we're over the Forever War. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Moments away from our thoughts on the Forever War. Jedi Survivor has been delayed uh, by about six weeks. It, I, uh, good and bad, I think. I am happy that they are going to let them delay it uh, just to put the finishing touches on it and make sure that it's delivered as it should be. Um, you know, there's Pre-orders are just killing the video game market and all the pressure it puts on the game makers to put the unfinished games out, games that are patched, and... Right. So, you know, good for them to delaying it. I 
on a personal note, appreciate that we're going to get the delay so I can read the book in a leisurely pace and not in a five day rush <laughs> to try to read this book. Um, so yeah, we'll get it on April 28th, which is good. Um, over on Disney plus news visions will officially come out May the 4th. Um, they released all the studios involved and the creators didn't go into what each is about, but released the names of the episodes. I'm really looking forward to the second season of Visions. Like looking at like the different kinds of like, I don't know what Brazilian animation looks like, but I'm real interested to see it. <laughs> is that what they're doing? They're going more international this time? Yeah, it's all international. I mean, there's a couple of like traditional anime studios doing stuff, but it's like a lot of world. I think there's a German one, all sorts of cool stuff. Bad Batch continues to come out. It's time to admit that the Bad Batch is better when the Bad Batch isn't on it. <laughs> um, okay. They've had two episodes so far this season that the Bad Batch have not shown up on it. Yeah, I've seen the first one. Mm-hmm. And the second one, so episode three, which is the Lone Clone, which is about Commander Cody, and then episode seven, which is the Clone Conspiracy which deals with like Camino and kind of the ramifications of them blowing up Camino. Um, and I, I really don't want to spoil who all shows up on that one, but both are really good. And I highly recommend, even if you don't watch the bad batch, like if you liked Andor or you're interested in like this time period, you can watch those two episodes standalone and they're totally worth it. I think the clone conspiracy which is episode seven is should be like required watching, especially if you like Andor. It it fills in some really interesting things and some questions a lot of people have about how did they switch to stormtroopers and what happened to the clones and stuff. Well, I have daughters selling Girl Scout cookies this weekend, so uh, I'll have some free time. There you go. By the way, does anybody want Girl Scout cookies? You got lemonades. <laughs> Those are my favorites. They're the best. Do they make sugar-free cookies? No, they make uh, they make gluten free. Meh. And then our last bit of news over in our toy black series, uh, they revealed Kima Mundi is going to come out finally after showing him what feels like forever ago. Um, they are going to do a Rebel Trooper, which looks really good. If you remember the Hoth Trooper they came out with, that came with the different faces. The Rebel Trooper will come with a couple of faces too. While they aren't officially saying it, one of them is definitely Nick saying, <laughs> like it's him. Right. And so that has, of course, sparked the Rex Nick argument again and again all over the internet. <laughs> um, but those look good. They're going to put out a Jesse figure, which looks great. Oh, it took me a second. Jesse, who's? Oh, okay. Yeah, Jesse, with his sweet tattoo on his face. Um, now, one interesting thing that Hasbro has done, and I, I don't like this decision at all. So they unveiled all these figures, this and Vintage Collection, and initially we're going to put them up from pre-order. Hasbro then came out, it was about two days later, I think, and said, well, we have heard from our fans, and they are unhappy about the amount of pre-orders coming out in the Star Wars line. 
So now they're just not going to do pre-orders. It's just going to be like, and they're just going to come out. Good luck to you. So it's just a free-for-all? It looks like it's going to be a free-for-all. Now, one thing I did like is like Jesse is a, he's a Walmart exclusive, but they are going to also put him out on Pulse. So it looks like moving forward, any of the retail exclusives are also going to be on Pulse, which should make things somewhat easier because this last wave, the Andor Commander, it's like an Imperial officer from Andor that was a Walmart exclusive, was not fun to get. And then the last Black Series <laughs> news, it just kind of, it's a nitpick that bothered me. So for the celebration exclusive for the European celebration, they're going to come out with a Revenge of the Jedi Vader. And yeah. so it's like a box set and it's got kind of Vader with a red wash over him. So it kind of looks like that Revenge of the Jedi the poster. You know, poster. Yeah. Here's my problem with it. If you know the Revenge of the Jedi poster, you know that their lightsaber colors are swapped. So Vader has a blue saber and Luke has a red one. Yeah. Well, these geniuses at Hasbro are putting out the red Vader with a damn red lightsaber. <laughs> it's on the front of the box they're putting out. Come on, people. Like that is a nitpick, but I understand. It's it's, it's a fair nitpick. If you're gonna put it out, and look, it's not a problem. I got more than enough lightsabers that if I got it, I could totally just plug the blue one right in. That is all our news, Chad. What's happening in the comics? High Republic number five by Kevin Scott and something Brocadaro. Never heard of. It. That artist, Brokadaro. So High Republic 5 shows us a good street-level view of the Battle of Jeddah that we'll be talking about today with our hero Jedi, who could have been useful in the audio drama, but let's not let's not pay attention to that, um, getting involved in the riots in the Holy City. Um, so it, it also the comic book premiere of The Mother. So let's talk about this for a second. Again, if you're listening to this episode, we're about to talk about the Battle of Jedi, and you're going to hear us make many critiques, not many, but some critiques, on the Battle of Jeddah and wanting to see what happened to other people during this battle. Turns yeah. out it's in the comic. And it's yes. like, I like I read it and I was like, well, here's what, what we talked about we wanted. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's got the Guardians of the Wills in it. It's got... How the leveler affects them. Like, yeah. And then there's a mother reveal that's pretty big, I think. Yeah. I'm just kind of surprised. Darth Vader 31 by Pack and Robertson. The Handmaiden saga continues with all of Padme's former friends, not just Sabe this time, forging an uneasy alliance with Vader. I don't think I like this characterization of Vader. Like it's got some good stuff and he's often very badass, but he just doesn't feel like himself, which may be the point to being around mm -hmm. these women don't make him make him feel different, but he doesn't feel like himself. And it, it's <laughs> off to me. And again, it might be on purpose. I don't know. I think they have a hard time with this too, like having Sabe and then work with him. Like you gotta, you gotta change Vader a little bit to make it work. Exactly. And it, and it yeah. does. It just feels weird sometimes for him and Sabe. Hidden Empire number three by Sulin Cummings. Uh, the orphans attempt to take on Vader. How well do you think that goes? 
Um, Vader has a nice Street Fighter, the movie. I don't even know who you are, but I'm going to kill you anyway moment. We're still trying to open up the Faraday. I mean, the Fermata cage. And Kira is quickly running out of allies. Only two issues to go. And we got a new book, Santa Staros number one by Justina Ireland and Per Perez. Free of Afra for the time being, Santa Staros, troublemaker in a line of troublemakers going all the way back to the High Republic, goes back to Hosnian Prime to see her family, only to find out that her cousin has married an especially assholey Imperial officer. It was a pretty good, pretty good debut issue, actually. I really enjoyed it. With the comics, too, I did want to find out Dark Horse is going to release High Republic Adventurers as one big I guess you'd call it an omnibus. I mean, it's it's right. going to be the whole series. For phase one? Yeah. And okay. you know, I think we've talked about it. Like, if you're reading High Republic, it's it's a pretty important piece to it. And this will be a good way to pick it up. And if you're wondering where Yoda went. Yeah. I think it's going to be important when phase three kicks around. But yeah, that's it on the comics. Um, Not a bad uh, haul this week, but... Uh... I don't know about Darth Vader. I'm not sure about it. I'll, I'll, I'm holding judgment to see how this arc ends and yeah, how they decide I, to wrap up this handmaiden thing. I know we've talked about it. I really am fascinated to see where the comics are going to be in about a year. They better not be between Empire and Jedi. <laughs> right. Like, what are they going to do? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they've got time there. Mandalorian is five years after, so they've got time. Yeah, they can play in. I'm just curious if they're going to let the comics play there. Yeah, I know. I have to ask Mr. Sewell. He's, he probably knows. Tell tell Steve we need. Sewell's I'll tell Steve we need some inside info from. <laughs> yeah, from okay, I'll, have get, a, I'll get his email. I'll yeah, get, get his email. email. We got some questions. I don't know about you guys, but I used to always read Star Wars Insider magazine. Anybody else read Star Wars Insider? I did a long time ago. It's yeah. been, I, you know, I think we talked about that when we first talked about this, that I, I don't know if I knew Insider was still coming out. I sure didn't. I mean, I guess yeah. I did because I kind of heard that there were still like stories written, but I had forgotten that it was around still. Yeah, I used to read it all the time. I fell out. I subscribed to it for a while. I used to get sent to my house. Um, and, uh, and then I just, I, I just kind of fell off of it. Um, but it was a great, great place to get behind the scenes scoops. It was a great place to get, uh, original fiction. Um, they always, they always featured short stories and stuff and then behind the scenes stuff. And, and apparently it's still going. And during the time of, since the high Republic has come out, they've been doing short stories in, uh, in star Wars insider. And so, um, we read what's it called? Uh, high Republic starlight tales which is just a collection of five stories um, from Star Wars Insider that take place in the Old Republic, in the High Republic. Uh, and I thought we'd just kind of go through these real quick and, and give our opinion on the book itself. And so I think the first thing I, I'd like to say about the book. So t- 
Titan Publishing magazines is who put this book out. And it just feels like a yearbook. <laughs> it like the it whole time I hold it, I'm like, it's like a yearbook. <laughs> like it reminds it me of my childhood. Yeah. It does. It does feel like it, it does have a <laughs> Yeah, that is it's, the quality to it. They 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 have a couple of these, right? They yeah, have, they've done other other ones from other collections of short stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Myths and Fables book is in this format. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, yeah, there's a couple other ones though. They really they really latched onto Velco as a character we were going to care about, huh? They really did. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you are going to care about Velco because Velco is going to be the lead of. Eighty <laughs> percent of these stories. Velko, the star of Star Wars Insider. All right. So our first story was um, "Go Together" by Charles Sewell. Joss and Pika are Adrin, are a married couple of engineers on Starlight Beacon, about to go on vacation after spending the last who knows how many months getting the station up and running. Their plans are waylaid, however, when they discover a power leak in the station. And they get pulled into the battle with the Nihil, flying in the Battle of Kerr. Despite being just grease monkeys at the end, they agree to join the Republic Task Force and hunting down the Nihil, but only after they get the vacation they so badly needed. This was my favorite one because it didn't star Velko Jahan. <laughs> I didn't mind Velko. <laughs> I didn't mind Velko. I liked Velko. Velko was fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, we're going to go heavy Velko in a little while. Uh, this one was cute. Yeah. This one was kind of like more, you know, what I would expect out of Star Wars Insider, I think, than the other ones. Just a kind of side tale real quick, a little more self-contained. You know, the end, though, they're like, you have important information, and they're like, we're going on vacation. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I mean, good for you, I guess. I liked them, and I was was actually glad to see them back, because I do remember liking the two characters when they were featured, so I thought it was nice to give them their own little story. Where were they from? Oh, of course, I can't remember which book, but they um, they fought alongside Geode. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't make that connection. Geode was hitting on... Wasn't Geode hitting on Pika and Joss was getting pissed yeah, about it? They're in the uh, they're in the hangar and God, what book is that? Wasn't Fallen Star? It might have been, been Fallen yeah. Star. Geo's in the hangar and like he's talking to the other because yes. they're all stuck inside. There, yeah. There's that section where they're right. all stuck inside. Yeah, I think it's- yeah, it had to have been okay. then. That's cool. Did they live? Because I was reading the whole thing, going like I, every every story in this, I'm reading it, going like, are they dead? Are I they can't dead? remember if they died. I don't think they no, died. I don't think they died. No, I think they lived. I got a I got a bad feeling about Velko though. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Velko made it, but. <laughs> so our second story is one called First Duty" by Kevin Scott. These are all written, of course, by existing High Republic authors. Um, Velko Jahan arrives on Starlight Beacon to begin her tour of duty as an administrator of some kind. On her first day, there is an attempted assassination of an alien ambassador, and Velko endeavors to find the would-be killer. So Velko is like their protagonist for this book. But I don't understand what Velko does. I don't either. <laughs> because one minute, she's doing, one minute she's doing security stuff, and the next minute she's hanging out in the med bay, and then she's like a crime scene investigator. <laughs> like, wait, what? 
What is your job, ma'am? She's somewhere in the bureaucracy of sec- security for the station, right? Something like that. Because she she doesn't she doesn't she like answer to the head of security or is like no no she doesn't that's right she doesn't at all she's not in security yeah, she answers she's like pl- party she's like a party planner in one of these stories <laughs> so I have no idea what her actual job is I think she's just an administrator yep what she administrates TBD. Stuff. She's probably just like an intern that they like picked up. They're like, no, we're totally going to pay you one day. Just come up here and do some jobs. She don't administrate nothing no more. And um, I, I totally knew this guy shot himself. Yeah. Uh, Hidden Danger by Justina Ireland. Velco returns, this time dealing with a galactic agricultural convention being held at Starlight Beacon. Before the visiting scientists can settle in, they start fighting amongst each other, like really fighting with their fists. Voko endeavors to find the cause of the chaos. Spoilers, it's a plant. So I'm also confused now about what Avon is doing, because when did she work for a botanist? Wait, yeah, you know, Avon, she's she's busy. She gets she around, hustles. I know. She's a hustler. But she is. Um... Yeah, this one where they're just like, "Whoops, sorry, we brought the wrong plan aboard." <laughs> we we accidentally made a drinker that make people fight. Oopsie. We thought this was a great idea, though. I, but I do. I will say with this one, I like you know we got Starlight Beacon so quick, and then it blew up not long after we had gotten there. So it was good to see like other things happened. Like the agricultural thing. I mean, I imagine the agricultural convention probably was hell because, I mean, shoot. Uh, the authorians are going to be such a pain in the ass. You bring kudzu, you know, on earth to a, like a neighboring county and all hell breaks loose. Like. That's true. Yeah, I like this one. But yeah, it just it's just a plant. Yeah, it was just a plant. Um, best mistakes by Kevin Scott. When we're done, we'll wrap up. Just talk about the thing in general. Um, best mistakes by Kevin Scott. Velko returns again, this time dealing with an old war buddy of hers that may or may not be running guns for the Nile. In fact, he's not, but he's part of a bigger plot to spring Nile prisoners out of Starlight's brig. Uh, this one was probably not the best. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did get skier. I'm always happy to see him. Yeah, we got some skier. Yeah. I guess it this point well at this point he's still struggling right he should be cut off from the force still yeah or close to it or yeah. he's not using it yeah 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 and blow up tattoos right was that this one yes exploding tattoos was this one this is the one that had the exploding tattoos it was uh-huh yeah <laughs> that is kind of where it lost me yeah it, yeah. Who, wait, was- and then the guy didn't even die. Like your your tattoo, your face tattoos explode, and it doesn't kill you. It doesn't even hurt you. He gets up and he's like, "Hey, I got the drop on you guys." Like, no, no, your face just exploded. And then for the most depressing one of the bunch, uh, "Shadows Remain" by Justina Ireland, Gall Tarpfin. Starlight Beacon's head of security is being haunted by nightmares of her home world of Moncala. She is abducted by Senator Staros and taken to no space by the Nihil. She discovers the Nihil have infiltrated the government with sympathetic senators 
sends this information back to Starlight Beacon, and then sits in a dying ship waiting for her end. Yeah. Well, well, well. <laughs> it just kind of, I was like, wait, you're fucking killing her? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, wow. they're all gonna die, but... Uh, I mean, I really hope Senator Staros gets what's coming to her. Yeah, I hope so, too. Wave three. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I really do hope we learn more about what happens to uh, Senator Baltar. I did enjoy this collection, though. Like you said, what was cool about it was seeing um, Starlight having a life to it. Yeah. Before it got blown up. I'd like to see more. Yeah, I would like to see more of it. Or even if they decide someday to go back to this air and, you know, show Starlight Beacon some more doing some stuff and yeah. flying around and. Yeah, just seeing it alive. Like you said, I think the the architecture, the agricultural convention is a good example of that, of, of what this place was supposed to be. I mean, it's, it's kind of fucked up considering the outcomes, but it's kind of like the World Trade Center. It's supposed to be this kind of international place where everyone can come together. And um, maybe that's part of the inspiration. Explains a lot later about why the security sucked so badly on Starlight Beacon later on because they lost their head of security. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they probably let Velco do it. Just this random person. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're an administrator. Yeah. Administrate oh. some security. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I thought it was a fun little read. It got me. Um, it made me a little, little nostalgic for phase one. It did me too. I was like, oh, look, there's Amor Chris. <laughs> they talked yeah. about her. Me too. Yeah. Maybe a little. I'm reading it going, oh, man, I wonder what Avar's doing right now. There's story. Somebody somewhere is thinking up and writing the next stories about Avar and Elzar. And, and I want to go back there. Well, let's see. Uh, let's see if you feel that way after the Battle of Jeddah. Oh, let's. <laughs> It is a time of great exploration. In an effort to unite the galaxy, the chancellors of the Republic, working alongside the courageous and wise Jedi Knights, have dispatched dozens of Pathfinder teams into the farthest reaches of the Outer Rim. But it is also a time of great uncertainty. Communication is unreliable, and tall tales of mysterious planets and monstrous creatures abound. Prospectors and pirates roam the frontier, and the worlds of Iram and Erano are locked in a forever war. And on the far-off planet of Dalna, a new threat to the galaxy is beginning to emerge. So uh, today's feature presentation is The Battle of Jeddah by George Mann. It is an audio drama, much like Tempest Runner and Aphra and Jedi Lost. Um, Jedi Lost is really good. Since then, it's been diminishing returns. Um, The Battle of Jeddah by George Mann. In the wake of the events of High Republic Convergence, The Battle of Jeddah by George Mann finds us on, well, Jeddah, the Holy City, currently hosting the Convocation of the Force a multi-denominational body of force worshippers designed to foster peace and harmony between the varying sects. 
On Jeddah, we find a couple of old friends, Jedi Master Creighton's son, who sounds exactly like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Exactly like Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Master Salandra Show, she's the one with the Captain America shield. As well as Master Son's former apprentice, the Jedi Knight Ada Forte. They are on Jeddah to witness the signing of the peace treaty between Aram and Arano. Jeddah has been chosen as a neutral site for the ceremony that would end the Forever War for good. The Forever War that, well, we'll talk about how long the Forever War is. Because I don't know. It's forever, Chad. It's forever and it's for five years. Also on Jeddah are the Path of the Open Hand, led by the Mother, the Herald, and Marta Rowe. They're still on their whole Jedi or abusers of the Force bullshit, and while they sound peaceful and altruistic and logical enough, every move they make is schemed out by the Mother to undermine both the Jedi and the Force convocation, and as we'll find out, the peace process itself. On the day of the signing ceremony, a bomb goes off, killing the Republic's designated impartial mediator, Morton Santeca. There's another Santeca for us. Uncertainty over the identity of the bomber increases by conflicting accounts from several sources, blaming representatives from the warring planets, the different sects, and the Jedi themselves. Several further bombings occur the following day, and in an attempt to keep the peace summit alive, a man named Tilson Graf is named the new mediator, but just as the parties meet again, they are attacked, and the Arano ambassador Tintac, who to be referred to as Ambassador Tic-Tac for the rest of the show, is murdered, and the blame is immediately placed on Eram's door. The Eram ambassador, Xerox, who will forever be known as uh, Xerox for the rest of the show, turns out to be a real warmonger and withdraws her people from the Holy City and orders her fleet to orbit and engage the Eroni forces in space and on the ground, launching landers full of Irami soldiers and beginning the tragic Battle of Jeddah. Our Jedi heroes, unable to pick a side, concentrate on protecting the citizens that are caught in the crossfire, fighting alongside the Guardians of the Wills, eventually having to take out squads of military droids from both sides in order to save innocent lives. As the battle rages, we learn the bombings were executed by a fringe force religion, the Brothers of the Ninth Door, who are operating under the orders of Tilson Graf, who himself is working with, unsurprisingly, the mother of the Path of the Open Hand. Who also at some point releases the leveler into the streets of Jeddah, but despite Salandra having a run-in with it, it never really comes to nothing, and I'm not sure why it was there. Either way, the battle rages on the streets of the Holy City until a gang of Jedi and Republic troops, summoned by a distress call from Master Sun, arrive and aggressively keep the peace. The Irano and Iram forces retreat, but the, but the peace is broken, and it doesn't look like it can ever be put back together again. I left out some key characters, including my least favorite new droid, P3, and his poor doomed owner, Keth, but I didn't want to be here all day. So I'm disappointed to say I didn't care for this one. It almost had stuff I really wanted to hear about. <laughs> like it would like mention things and I'd be like, that's what I want to know about. And then it go back to the forever war. I do not care about the forever war. No. Remember, remember when we, when we thought we weren't going to hear any more about Iram and Arano and, and the, the heirs we were. Remember wrong. when the forever war ended? Yeah. And then this, that was also this wrong. audiobook is just taking all that back. And I, I I want I want to know about the religions and all the different religions on Jeddah and how that works and and the convocation and all that stuff. Well, and that's the weird like the background of this is they're there on a holiday that like the Church of the Four celebrates and the Jedi and it's been like taken over by the convergent people. I was like, that's what I want to hear about people like stealing holidays and getting all pissy. And then the brothers of the ninth door show up and they can make you see other stuff. And they're another religion. I was like, all right, this is all the things I want to hear. Not 
Aram and Aranar still pissed at each other. Also, why did you need to come to Jeddah to do this? You have a moon that is neutral. We learned about that because that's where you met in the last book. When you needed a neutral place to meet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I like, I, I, um, at least I liked, I liked our lead Jedi. Wait, which one? Uh, Sun and, um, and show. I like Sun and show. I did not like Forte at Forte Ada. Every time she talked, it was like this, like stereotypical Jedi, like just, it's like AI. If you fed it, how does a Jedi talk? And it would just be like half-ass platitudes that I don't want to hear about. <laughs> well, and it took me a while to figure out why I liked Sun. And and don't get me wrong, I liked Sun and Show, knowing that they had personalities because last time we saw them, it was a kids' book, so they weren't really focused on building out personalities into the older people. Fair yeah. enough, but. Giving them personalities here, great. But then, boy, I sure do like that master's son. Wait, I like him because he's charismatic and charming and has more personality than any Jedi has a right to be. He's Obi-Wan. <laughs> it's the same voice. <laughs> yeah. He is exactly Obi-Wan, and that's why I liked him. So they played me. <laughs> they did play you. I mean, I liked him too, probably for the same reason, but they totally played us. I never thought I'd see the day when military transports hung in the skies over Jeddah. It seems... Well, it feels wrong. All the work we've done, all the efforts Princess Ziri and Prince Fantu have made toward peace, and their worlds still send military ships to the signing of a treaty. Here, here's a quick, easy way to make him like this guy. But the more show uses her shield, the less I like her. I like, I like the concept of the shield. I didn't like it when she started throwing it. <laughs> it's like, exactly. no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> put it put it away. Um, put it away. Uh, well, all right, let's go back to what Chad alluded to. So the Forever War. Yeah. Uh, f- five years? <laughs> Is that really what's happening here? Well, mul- multiple okay. times in this book, they say five years. <laughs> Multiple times. But it was 10 years in the last book. Well, it's supposed to be the Forever War. <laughs> well, yes, it's supposed to be that first and foremost, but they kept talking about decades. Now, is it at least one decade a, in the last book? Is it a book. sequence of wars? The kind of amount, which that would make sense. Yeah, they kind of talked about that. I remember the last book them saying it just kind of starts and stops. And at this point, they were all broke because they kept. You know, right, but still, even five keeps, years. They keep the repeating the term five years over and over again in this story, and there's no reference to that earlier war. There's no reference to the centuries of war. Yeah, every reference is just every reference is just. It's been five years. We need to stop this. Is it Tic Tac or Xerox? Is Xerox the one who's like militant yeah. and and wants to start? Okay, so Xerox is so bloodthirsty because this war has claimed so many lives and so many families and just refuses to let it go. But, but if it's only been five years, good God, what kind of war are you fighting where you're killing that many people in five years that you can't let it go? It's got to be an ongoing thing. Either that or Xerox is crazy. Xerox does, sh- maybe a Xerox little does flip on a dime. Like as soon, yeah. as, as soon as there's a little bit of discord, she's like, well, nope, that's it. Time for war. Yeah. And this was the person the heir sent. Like you yeah, think you would get somebody that's like on board with all this. 
Well, maybe don't have teenagers vetting your ambassadors. I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm still a little flustered by the forever war, the five year war, and I don't understand it. And uh, I've given it a chance. Where I think we're at the end of phase one. And yeah, I don't care about it. They yeah. didn't. They didn't sell it to me. Yeah. This didn't sell the war to me. Like, and, and and to have an entire the entire adult novel be about ending the war, and then to come back with this thing and unend the war. Well, that's making it the main story. I kind of wonder. And I thought the main story was Dalna and the 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 path and you know, like why in the hell? Why is the leveler in this book? I think just to put it in. I mean, I think if you go back and look at uh, phase one, I mean, remember Tempest Runner. Like you can get rid of Tempest Runner and nothing changes. Yeah, it's like I get the feeling yeah. this is the same way. Like they're just kind of throwing the stuff out so you hear about it. But this is big though. I yeah, mean, this this is uh, this is un this is unwriting, not unwriting, yeah. but this is completely reversing the end of the adult novel. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> you know, like the whole point of the adult novel was peace, and then well. You know, and why does the mother care? The mother, okay, the mother hates the Jedi. I get that. Why does she care whether or not the peace process goes through? I think she's just so in chaos. Like, think so? Yeah. And well, and I can't figure out how it relates, you know, the YA book too, because all, right, all of a sudden, right, you've got Marta and they're referring to her as the, what is she now? The guide? Is that what she is? Guide. So they're yeah. referring to her as the guide. Which is the eye. But mother's controlling the leveler. Like mother lets it out. Mother, like she shouldn't yeah. have it. Marta has got the rod. Like last time we saw her, she was like, hiding no, it wasn't Marta. It was her cousin had the rod or what? Yeah. Whoever has the rod. I forget the cousin's name, but she is the one that was like the, the levelers handler or whatever. And she's mentioned in the book. Yeah. Where is she? She was mentioned and kind of brushed aside. She was, they hand waved her at some point in the book. I do remember her being mentioned. Yeah. Once again, we get guardians of the wills. Other things I want to hear about. Right. <laughs> I'd like to hear more about. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with you. They they do tease this whole force convocation and we don't get to see inside of it very much. It's a, it's a whole planet of the force and, and we get a tiny little piece of it before we got to go back to Tic Tac and Xerox. And I don't care. Uh, we do f- we do find out why that's how that statue ended up in the dirt. The big origin of the Rogue One statue. The Rogue One statue. <laughs> uh, they do. Thank God I have some closure they do there. Work that into into the story. Uh huh. Um, they just haven't sold me on this war. <laughs> and they haven't me either. Here's something I couldn't figure out to this one too. So we go, we go through this and we get to the actual battle. Yeah, three hours. It's three hours and then the battle starts. It's a five, it's a five, what, five and a half hour story? Just about that. Yeah. I had, I remember I was, the battle was just about to start and there was two hours yeah. left in the book. I was like, well, this is not going to be epic. I don't know. Two hours is a long time. It yeah. felt long. It felt like a long time. It felt long. It's not much of a battle. Like, it's just like a couple of gunships full of troops from Aaron and Aranos, like, and they come down and they kind of corner people. Like, and there's three Jedi. They drop off some droids. Yeah. You're on Jedi. What are you telling me there are three Jedi running around? Like, there ought to be like 50 of them and then a whole bunch of other weird Church of the Force people 
throwing, I don't know what, force bubbles or some other crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, the Jedi can't be the only ones that manipulate the force. Oh, yeah, they got the brothers that are throwing yeah. mirages or whatever. Like, that would have been awesome if all of a sudden, like, there's all these crazy religions. Like, maybe there's some Night Sisters hanging around. I don't know. Well, they only mention, they only even mention two guardians by name, and one of them dies. Like you're not you're telling me you don't have more guardians in this? You you we got two guardians. No, they're, they're there, but they talk sure. about the guardians being there. They're like, yeah, they're over there doing stuff. And I'm like, yep, but like, but can we go over there? I question the wisdom of doing this as an audio play. Because what you're talking about, the the battle not feeling epic, that's because we can only be with these characters like there's only so much they can tell us. And we can't, we can't mm-hmm. get, I, I, I had a really hard time with this, getting a picture of what was happening, especially once the yeah. battle started, it was really hard to figure out like, what the hell is actually happening? What does this look like? You know, what does this look like? What, what would I be seeing? And I wasn't, it, it didn't do a good job of seeing, of painting that picture for me. Yeah. I agree. Once it, it, once the battle finally got going, I just kept thinking I would so much rather be reading this. Yeah. Yeah. Not reading the script because the script's not going to give you any more information either. No, no, I want to read this as a novel because I need to see, I need a picture painted. And what was happening was not painting a picture. No, it definitely, definitely doesn't do that. And I found it, you know, with these things too, especially with unfamiliar characters, like it gets, it gets confusing. If you don't know all these characters, you know, when, when, when Ada, it took me a while to, to figure out, oh, that's Ada talking. It took me a while to figure out other than son. It, it took me a while to, to learn, to learn which character was what, um, it took me a while. And then, yeah. And then once the battle started and they're like, they have troops here and they have troops here. And I'm like, I don't, I don't see what you're doing. I don't, I don't see this. I don't see they're endangering innocent lives. What are they doing? Are they rampaging through the streets, massacring people? What, what are they is this a King's Landing situation? What's what's going on? Like, how are they? It just never quite came together for me. And I couldn't figure out why they were doing it. Like, what? what no. is So one is Aram's going to beat Erno on Jeddah and then... Tic Tac, or... Uh, what happens? Xerox is acting like it's going to end the war. Yeah. We're going to end the war here. And we're going to, you know, it's like, no, you're not. You, you you still got planets full of people up <laughs> yeah. there. They're in one city on Jeddah. Like, yeah. And they can't even talk to you. They don't even know what's going on. You're right. It doesn't make any sense for them to hold a battle there anyway. Like, Xerox yeah. should have gotten up in their ship and said, peace out. Yeah. You know, we'll meet you. We'll meet you. On the, we'll meet you back on the battlefield. You know, instead of going up there and sending down soldiers to a foreign city to like, it's like, it, it 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 turned her from being like, but both sides end up doing it. But it turned it turned her from being like, not uh, sure a warmonger, but someone who at least y- you understand where that type of thinking comes from. But I don't understand where the thinking came from that this would be a good place to have the battle. I understand where she's like, I can't let this go. We can't let this go. Okay, I understand that there's going to be people that think that way. Yeah. Well, and the Republic shows up at the end. Like you are all about the Republic. We're not joining the Republic. You might not want to pick a battle on one of their planets. Well, yeah, that's the other thing too. It's a Republic planet. Cause they're going to come rolling in. And they even so, say that in the book. They're like, we're lucky. This is a Republic planet or we wouldn't have been able to do anything. It's like, yeah, they're morons. They started a fight on a Republic planet. 
Like they just they just inserted themselves into the narrative of the Republic, and mm-hmm. and, and and now the Republic's going to give a shit. So they kind of put it on themselves, but well, Xerox was being played by Graf, and yeah, and his ultimate motivation for doing this was what to just get back in good with his family. That doesn't make any sense to me either as a motivation to start a war on Jet. He also was it with the mother though too. Yeah, I will say I do like this long term Graf's for Santeca. Yeah, idea. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that it's this long and. Two two warring dynasties. Yeah, we're getting like the Hatfields and the McCoys of Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars, the very very rich Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah. Also, something that's driving me. Uh, so the end, the very end. Mm-hmm. Okay, what was his name that died? Church of the Force Kid. Keth. Keth. Okay, so the end is uh, who is it? Goes in there and starts telling the stories of Keth. Oh, uh, show. Andrew, so, so yeah. So show. Yeah, tells his tells friends, his friends <laughs> who have known him for years. Let me tell you about Kev. If I was a friend in the bar, I'd be like, "Lady, you met him two days ago. Screw you. Our friend is dead. You're the one and that got him killed. Him. Yeah. You probably got him killed. I'm in the story you're telling right now. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was so weird. She, I mean, I could see if she was like telling somebody else, but she was telling his friends. Right. His friends who, who've known him and been drinking with him, and you just showed up like five minutes ago, lady. Who are his you? His friend Creighton that talks in the third person. That was so bad. <laughs> Every time Creighton would come on, I'd be like, oh no, here we go again. Well, and that was confusing too, because his uh, master son's first name is yeah. Creighton. So could they not have differentiated the names just a little bit better? Yeah, right. So I wasn't I wasn't confused, right? There is another Creighton in the story, or yeah, Crichton, yes. who talks Crichton. To, yeah talks yes. about himself in the third person and is uh, I couldn't figure out what species he was, but uh, yeah. Okay, so this cr- while the voices sound different, he says his name often enough that it becomes oh, a problem. Yeah. He was part of the Cheers gang. <laughs> okay. All right, he was in. He was part of the the bar. Bar. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I just I just remember being very confused with the names. Yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, I'm also surprised. Like the Battle of the Jedi. So the biggest thing we're missing. I guess they're doing this in the comics, or they're going to. Is that I thought the point of the Church of the Force, not the Church of the Force, Path of the Open Hand, going to Jedha, was that there's another rod on Jedha. And they're trying yeah. to get to it. Oh yeah, yeah. That hasn't come up yet in the comics. So, oh, but the, remember the com the comics are going to be going for at least like seven more issues before we get the next phase. Yeah, so they've got so who knows what they'll tell in there because the comics are the thing that kind of keep the story going. Yeah. Between phases, I think we only get these two phases. By the way, yes, it is only two. Yeah, it's just these two phases. Yeah, they're going to, this one's kind of shorter, which, you know, makes sense. You flashback. It's an interlude. Yeah. yeah it appears it's going to be all about how they get the leveler and the nameless and all that. But yeah, I just was so confused by, cause the, the mother does her twirling of her mustache and she's like, we need to unleash the leveler. And you're like, okay. And then there's one scene where show runs into the leveler and is saved by the annoying droid. Mm-hmm. By P nine, P nine, P three, and then it's ne- and it's mentioned a couple times, but that's it. Like it doesn't feel like the mother has a plan. 
have anything well, to do with it. She just unleashes it into the city for a little while and then brings it back. It's it was so weird. I'd like to see more child leveler effects like your other Church of the Force person or like Well, it killed other people, didn't it? Yeah, but I think it like ate them. <laughs> like no, I don't it know turned, you, it turned yeah. him to ash. Did it, it turn him to ash? I yeah. It did turn other people to ash. So it's not just force users that can do that too. Which that seems is that different than before? I mean, we've never seen it really be a thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we've seen it really kill because anybody during that wasn't a Jedi. Fallen Star, they sent non-Jedi in when all the people were dying down there because the Jedi. But it, was it just because the Jedi were getting so affected? Yeah, they get off? so affected. They get yeah. so affected by it that they can't perform around yeah. it. I mean, that's that's the difference. I think the whole like sucking the life out of you, I think it does that either way. It can do it whenever it wants to. Yeah. I think it just does that either way. It's just with the Jedi, they lose all their abilities mm-hmm. to do anything about it. Oh, I remember what else I want to talk about. How about Mother... When she totally gets saved by um, show and then like doesn't about face for a minute and was like, all right, saving me was, that's pretty cool. Like, I appreciate it. This time it's okay. And then her friends come over and she's like, this damn Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She does. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, the path of the open hand, like they have a, they have kind of a point. I think like- they're interesting. And I understand it, and, and like I believe that so many of them are true believers, and and this is how true believers act. But that point of view is undercut by the fact that we know the mother is dirty as hell, right? And so it's completely undercut. Yeah. Like any any semblance of like this might be rational is completely kaput because we know she's a bad guy. Yeah, I kind of wish Marta hadn't found out so early because Marta knows it's a problem. Like, yeah, if we had one of the main ones we knew that wasn't one of the children or, you know, was a true believer. You know, one thing I didn't mention in the, in the, the thing was, um, the Herald starting a riot. That was the other element that was missing. Yeah. Um, that was part of, part of the yeah. battle, right. was the, the, that's yeah. That's kind of how it kicks very off. Very convoluted. One of our members lets out a deadly creature, not the leveler, another deadly creature. Oh, let's, go out and capture these deadly creatures. So everyone will think the path of the open hand are here to help. So by the time the guy, the Herald is making his big speech in the courtyard, people are so with the path of the open hand that they, they he manages to roll them to violence. It's very, it just very didn't, didn't track for me. It didn't track. No. And I never got the impression that people were on his side because of the path. They weren't like, yeah, the path, the rules. Yeah. Let's tear it all down the path. They were, no, you're right. Jedi suck. Let's get the Jedi. It's like if the street preacher on the corner of Dragon Con all of a sudden started a riot. (laughs) Like you're at the Jedi Holy City talking about how evil they are. And everybody's like, yep, I'm, I'm on board with this now. Yep. So right. Because of all the different religions, there's got to be a guy like this in every corner. Right. So why is everyone listening to this one and not listening to the others? There's got to be one for for every religion. There's got to be, or especially the religions that didn't get into the convocation. There's got to be people out there preaching. There's got to be guys with sandwich boards talking about the end of the galaxy. Like there's got to be stuff like that, but they, he manages to start a riot all on his lonesome. This one, I, it just felt like it was written. And I guess Tempest Runner did too. Like it feels separate from the rest of it. Because like even Marta Rowe. Marta Rowe's just walking around Jeddah. 
after in that last in the her book, we learned so much about how if you go anywhere, people are going to be totally afraid of you. Yep. And they're not going to they're going to freak out because the Amari are evil and da 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 da. And I think there's one sentence about the Amari in here. Yeah. Where they say we're not looked looked upon kindly, but yeah, there's no. I, yeah, that would have been cool. Let's see what it's like for her. Let's see what it actually is like for her to be out and about. And it turns out it's nothing. <laughs> it's fine. Because the only line in the book about it comes from her. I guess we get, you know, we, we're kind of already there. But before we go, we can talk a little bit. I think this is the end of phase one, right? Or wave one. Yeah, I think so. Of phase two. Um, I can't say that I'm disappointed only in the sense that, like, I was already a little trepidatious about it. I think I got f- not fooled, but um, I really liked Path of Deceit. I thought that yes. first that first book is what I wanted. Path of Deceit was what I wanted, which was this, you know, you're talking about all, you know, it was just, I don't know, it felt so much more vital. And then <sighs> Convergence, I don't, I don't know, I, I, you know, like we already said, like the war just doesn't, isn't enough to hold on for me. Like I was much more invested in the path when it was just this cult that we were examining and, and what it was doing to the Jedi and how the Jedi were going to investigate it. And this bigger picture that they're painting just isn't all that interesting. So I like to see it a lot, but then since then I've been a little, little lukewarm on this stuff. Yeah, I'm holding out. I'm hoping. I mean, you know, Cladiclism's got Axel on the cover. Does which, it? Yeah, I think that'll be cool. And then I think Path of Vengeance is going to be really good too. So maybe they'll get away from this. The I can't imagine war. that they do. I can't imagine what else they've got to do with Iron and Aaron. Gotta stop though. the war. Just, just. <laughs> Again, okay, well, that's not going to happen because it is clearly the forever war because we're not ever going to stop talking about it, apparently. Yeah. And something big has to happen on Dalma. Like, yeah, because right. they're going back to Dalma. Yeah. Dalna. Um, son, son and, and does, don't Son and Ada say they're going to go back to Dalma? They're going to go look again. Yeah. Because yeah. now they know the path of the open hand is bad, bad. Which that I had to remember that is that they, at the end of Path of whatever it is deception. I, I always want to see deceit. path of deception. Deceit. All the Jedi are dead. It is deceit. It is deceit. <laughs> it? Oh, yeah, it is deceit. They should not have named those so close. Everybody's dead. So they didn't really know. So, I mean, I guess that's what comes out of this book. They know the path of the open hand is not on the up and up. And they're going to vanish. Yeah. To no space. Yeah. yeah. Or eventually, but they're, they're going to vanish and they're going to come back 150 years later as the Nile. I'm very interested in that. Like, I hope we don't miss out on how religious cult turns into wreck punk pirates. Yeah, the space punks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it's not a whole lot of time to tell it. It's no time. But maybe that's, you know, one day what they fill in. It'll be interesting to see what they do. And I'm still still all in on the higher public. I just feel like this didn't capture my imagination as much as I wished it had. That's all. And the battle in this, well, book in this I, particular was, or the story in particular was kind of meh. Yeah, I don't feel like this was the best way to end this wave. No, I wanted, it, like, you're right. Yeah, uh, you know, two hours seemed like a long time, but you're right. The battle isn't in scope. The battle is, wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like when the, casu- the casualties are in the dozens, deal. you know, like yeah. it doesn't really seem, is it really big enough to call it the battle of something? Yeah, I've seen that city. 
Like yeah. I saw it on Rogue One. I know how big it is. Yeah. It's not even like a planet wide battle. I, no, they they tore up a couple. No, blocks. and they don't. They don't. Is there any space battle happening? No. There, sh- there <laughs> no. should be. Yeah. They have ships up there. <laughs> they both have ships up there. They just talk about the. They just talk about the fact that there are ships up there. That's all you need to know, Chad. Yeah. Yeah, it's they, they, maybe that's what it come. Maybe maybe that would have forgiven the book for me or forgiven the story for me is if they would have done a really good job of portraying this battle. And I would have found it to be exciting and 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 everything. And it just it just wasn't. And maybe if this had been a novel instead of an audio play, that might have been a different a different takeaway. I definitely agree with that. I think I think that, um, like I said before, I think making it an audio drama didn't make it uh, it handicapped it when it came to um trying to convey the scope mm-hmm. of the battle there are some good ideas in here and it's just you know five hours you can't convey any part of those good ideas because you're just rushing through to get to the the five points you're trying to make it's both very short but felt very long like there are times where it felt very long yeah and it, and it's giving you that countdown to the battle the whole thing which is fine and that that you know that can be effective but then yeah and then you get to the battle and it just it just didn't feel didn't feel that catastrophic for the city it didn't feel that i don't know maybe it was it just didn't come across that way but i i too am holding holding my opinions till of course the phase is done but um so far it hasn't got me yet uh so ryan what are we going to read next time well on our next episode we are going to go from the high republic Back to the Old Republic. The Old Republic. Where, after the events of Knights of the Old Republic, the hero, Jedi Revan, is celebrated throughout the galaxy and loved by everyone. Oops, I am seeing that is not accurate. (laughs) And it is another (laughs) depressing (laughs) Star Wars story full of sadness and... Um, with the very, very with, with the very subtly named Lord Scourge. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be a good guy, yeah, right? He's going to be a good guy with the Lord Scourge. Uh, kind of, uh, yeah. So, so what are we reading? <laughs> Revan. <laughs> By, By uh, Drew Carpishan. Drew Carpishan, who's a, a show, I would say he's a show favorite. He writes. He, he wrote yeah. Darth Bane. Yeah. So he wrote Darth Bane. That's right. good enough for he, me. I mean, he wrote a couple others of these, a couple more of these old public novels tying into the video game. And I do love some KOTOR. Well, these are the other ones tie into the uh, MMO. The other uh, ones are more t- are tied into the MMO. Technically, this one is too. Like the whole, the, the old Republic banner mm-hmm. on the book is the, that's the logo from the um, MMO. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us and we will talk to you all very soon. Roger, roger.